Hello everyone, you're very welcome to this podcast from the City of Derry International Choir Festival. My name's Lorcan Doherty and today I'm delighted to be speaking to Nigel Short, the Artistic Director, or as he puts it, the Guide of Tenebrae. After last year's virtual concert and workshop, as well as a very special visit to the festival in 2017, we're very glad to be welcoming Tenebrae back to Derry as part of our 2021 festival. They're performing in the beautiful setting of St. Columns Cathedral, a programme centred on Francis Poulenc's figure Humaine, and I caught up with Nigel recently to find out more. I'm Nigel Short, the Artistic Director of uh, Tenebrae. We're a professional chamber choir um, based uh, in and around London. And we've been going 20 years now. This is our 20th anniversary year. The name Tenebrae is the Latin word for shadows. And uh, it's it's nothing sort of murky. It's just that we, when possible, we like to perform by candlelight, which we feel, given the number of venues uh, we perform in, like cathedrals, medieval buildings, um, is is an excellent way to present the the concerts. You know, I've I've never sort of really bought into the idea of just walking on stage, performing for forty minutes, take a bow, off for the interval, and then back and do the same. I've always wanted, uh, certainly in in bigger venues like abbeys and cathedrals, to explore the the sound uh, perspectives from an audience's point of view. Really, um, when I was a kid. Uh, my mum and dad would come to some services where I sang as a, as a chorister and the Advent carol service and the ones at Easter where the choir moved around by candlelight were their favourites and my favourites. So when I started Tenebrae, I wanted to sort of, you know, try and uh, work a little at presenting concerts in a different way, something that would enhance the um, the listeners uh, experience rather than just doing it for the sake of it. If, it. if it's good for the music, then then I like doing it. So that's that's who Tenebrae are, what we kind of do. And uh, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to hopefully doing a little bit of that um, when we come to Derry. I don't know what the COVID restrictions are like at the moment, but I know a lot of places um, you're, you're not actually allowed to move around the buildings at the moment because you get too close to the audience. Either way, it'll just be wonderful to be taking part in the in the festival. On Tenebrae's website, two key words stand out, passion and precision. And I was thinking about this and I just wondered if um, there is a kind of balancing act because, you know, when you're music making, if it's incredibly passionate, can sometimes precision get relegated as a priority? Or if you're overly precise, can that lead to a lack of passion? That's a very good um, question. Uh, the, the, um, the, the strap line, if you like, it kind of goes back to my days uh, as a singer and I was a, a member of a, a group called the King Singers for, for a few years 
and you know they were the ultimates in terms of precision but i think after a while i i rather missed um a more theatrical element to performing you know before that i was doing a fair bit of um, baroque opera and having been a chorister and members of talis scholars and westminster cathedral choir westminster abbey choir where you sing in a very kind of rigid formal way um i found it uh, really liberating to be on stage um and move around and then i went into the king singers of course you're only six so the the possibilities for moving the the singers around a stage are, are very limited indeed and when i left and started working with tenebrae i realized that you you've got the possibility to have a group three times the size of the king singers so you can move about but the last thing i wanted was to kind of lose that precision so in choosing my singers i was very much looking for ensemble instinctive ensemble musicians who who would go for that precision probably over and above you know what, what, what they're thinking about what they're doing individually it's more important how the whole thing works together as a whole as an ensemble um rather than your your personal contribution um you have to put your voices at the service of the music you're singing and i'm a great believer in that you know i don't think there's any point in having tons of singing lessons and you learn to sing one way and then you have mozart come along bach and all these other composers and you only sing the way you've you've kind of taught yourself to sing you, you have to be you have to bend and be willing to be a servant of the music you know we're, we're artisans um and we in order to sort of you know uh cherish the music we perform and hand it on to future generations i think this is this is the right way of doing it rather than thinking of ourselves as big personalities and this is the way we perform it and therefore that's the most important thing so it's you know it's um it's always been a an interesting balance as you say between the passion and the precision we work very hard on what i call the nuts and bolts of putting things together singers musicians have to know what it is you're after and you give them all the guidelines you possibly can and then you work together as an ensemble and the more you perform together in a way the less important i become you know i, I always like to think of myself as a member of the ensemble rather than a conductor who's got this sort of vice-like grip on everything that's going on all i'm doing is is providing a folk you know a visual or a focal point for people to communicate with one another as to how they are working um so having done our, all our rehearsals which is all about the precision once we get to the concert that is where we sort of have to go into another gear and and then communicate everything that we've been rehearsing and yeah i mean i if i was brutally honest i would say come performance time i would rather have the passion than the precision but i'm a very lucky man and uh you know, I have a wonderful team of singers who are are after the same thing as me, and and we work jolly hard. You know, we don't just do the concerts; we do a lot of rehearsing. We sing together often. Um, it's it's just the the habit, the repetition of breathing together, singing together, listening to one another all the time, that means all the the the, the levels of precision are just constantly notching up, um, and that puts us in a much better position for when we go out on the concert platform and uh, are performing so that we can then kind of let all the 
the technical stuff go and just focus 100% on the music and perform it. In last year's festival, Nigel, the choir uh, performed for us in London and we were able to enjoy that experience as part of our digital festival. This year, Tenebrae are going to be appearing and performing in Derry. What's it been like the last few months as you've started to return to sing for live audiences? I mean, I'm sure it's very enjoyable, but is it the same as it was before the pandemic or do you think anything's changed? Um, I would say no. It, it's it's every bit as enjoyable. That the the administrative side of putting things on is uh, pretty labour intensive and arduous. Um, that's putting it mildly. You know, the, there's an inordinate amount of bureaucracy that we have to now deal with. So um, that aspect of things is tedious. There's no other word for it. But it's got to be done. Once we get on the stage, that's our reward. You know, that, then it makes it all worthwhile. The only thing I would say that's really changed for us were the COVID restrictions with um, social distancing having to be in place on stage. And that's made some of our programmes, which are, you know, technically very demanding and, and tricky, um, has made them more difficult than, than they would be if the singers were, you know, standing next to one another. When you've got singers who really need to hear everything that's going on in the ensemble. You've got 20 singers and they've all got to be two metres apart. So it, sometimes you have to go in four rows, you know, from front to back or, or two rows, but it means either the singers at the back and the front are really challenged in, in trying to hear themselves or from left to right. And I suppose I've been, in those situations, I've been more active as a conductor, as a, as a director on stage to to make sure everybody's getting the right information all the time to do what they need to do. Mm. Now that we're pretty much back to normal on stage, it, it's it's wonderful for me. I can just sort of step back. You know, I'm, I'm never not involved, but I can be more of the, the sort of guide, uh, which is how I like to sort of describe myself rather than a, um, you know, a director, like I say, that just has this absolute grip on things. Um, and and just the singers themselves can take much more responsibility for how things are going. You know, interestingly, we were just talking about all the rehearsal for the nuts and bolts. For me, when when we're working at our very highest level, we are an ensemble that can live and breathe in the moment. And, and I'm not averse, actually, to even if we've rehearsed a piece of music in a certain way, I'm not averse to getting into a concert scenario, a performance, and then taking something in another direction. You know, we, we need to be that good as an ensemble that we can just uh, react on a sixpence and take something in a different direction and be with it and see where it goes. Um, and sometimes those are the most exciting performances of all. You're in the moment uh, in every possible way. That's certainly been more difficult over the past um, 18 months or so, but now we're happily we're getting back to that way of working and performing on stage. Nigel, let's talk a little bit about the programme that you're performing in Derry. It's called Humanity and Liberty. Tell us a bit about this. 
Well, it's our 20th anniversary programme, so I wanted to put a programme together that over the years, um, I would say that the, the sort of the more serious works are the ones that have left us and our audiences kind of more, uh, more moved, if you like, and they've got a, a real gravitas. So Figaro Men is just a, an iconic work in the, in the call repertoire. Um, not many choirs are lucky enough to perform it. Um, and it's always a massive challenge, but it's always incredibly rewarding. So that really had to be in the program. And you recorded it uh, back in 2010. That's right. Yep. Uh, you know, is it different coming back to it? What, what 11 years later? Uh, it's, it's not any easier. Uh, that's for sure. <laughs> Um, of course, the, the singers have changed. A lot of the singers, um, I think probably only two or three from 10 years ago, are still with us. And it was interesting. We've just performed in uh, in France, in Mont Saint-Michel, and uh, another group of German singers were there in the audience who heard us a few years ago. And they made the point that actually they hardly recognised anybody in the choir, but the sound is the same. Mm. So that's nice that, uh, you know, over the years, people the, the youngsters are coming in and they're sort of adapting to what's going on and are you know they they become the new tenebrae but that actually there is some consistency there there is a a recognizable tenebrae sound um figure men is always going to be tricky we know how hard we have to work at the the precision i would say the only, the only benefit of spending time with this piece for me is just that every time I do it, there's more in the poetry that I can get hold of and and sort of help describe to the singers what it is. You know, it's not specific things, but how we can communicate it. The, 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 the last movement, I, uh, for your listeners who don't know Figure Men, it's a setting of um, a, a big poem called Liberté by uh, Paul Eluard. And these were printed on leaflets and dropped over Paris when the liberation uh, at the end of the Second World War was really well underway. And the last word is liberté. And, and the last movement, uh, the last sort of setting of the poem, everything ordinary that you see in the street just gives you that extra sense of joy because you've you've had this blanket of um you know terror over you and occupation or so it suddenly it's lifted so you know even seeing a, a dog on the corner of the street with a chewed ear or whatever um it, it is is something that can give you joy um and it's kind of it's about you know never taking things for granted and and we have to have that joy when we're, when we're performing it and really make our, our listeners realize what the piece is about you know that there's plenty of really dark intense stuff earlier on in the piece that's very dramatic hugely dramatic piece with uh, vast dynamic ranges and um moods mood swings but the last movement is just all about that final hurdle and the final return to normality and actually how how everything you do or everything you see or, or whatever in in your ordinary day life can be something that can be enjoyed Sur les ailes des oiseaux, et sur le bout de mes 
And that's kind of the centerpiece of uh, the program. There's actually quite a few works by living composers. Is that something that, you know, is that a conscious decision? Um, yes. I mean, I, we've always been keen, or I've always been keen on having new works. I mean, partly because this concert presentation, you know, moving a choir around a building, uh, there aren't that many core works that are that would lend themselves to that kind of concert presentation um, without the music, you know, suffering. Um, and that's obviously the last thing I would want. So sometimes when we commission uh, composers, I ask for, for them to think about separating the singers, you know, having them sing antiphonally, you know, from one side of the building to the other or, or, or whatever. Um, and over the years, we've commissioned some amazing works, um, most notably from Joby Talbot. There's a piece called The Path of Miracles, which is about 70 minutes long. It's all based on the Camino de Santiago. And it's all about pilgrimage and the whole choir moves around the building. It goes on pilgrimage. It, it sort of tells stories and it relives the whole thing. And it's the most amazing work. And in this programme, um, I commissioned Roddy Williams to write a piece that would bookend the programme. So this starts the concert and ends the concert and would be designed to get us on stage and off stage whilst the music is going on, you know, rather than, you know, uh, welcome everybody uh, to the concert, here's Tenebrae, applause, and a choir trundles onto stage, takes a bow, and then you set the atmosphere. But my idea is that um, ideally by candlelight, you kind of set the atmosphere before you even see a singer. Hmm. Um, you know, get that slight frisson of expectation. Um, and then th this piece just starts with whispering off stage. And then the singers gradually um, come from all over the building and arrive on stage whilst this piece is going on. And then at the end of the concert, or rather like uh, an epilogue, you know, you, you wander off doing something similar. So it's, it's very good. And then we've got this wonderful new commission from Josephine Stevenson, a brilliantly um, talented and original uh, composer uh, who has sung with Tenebrae in the past now very much uh, in demand as a as a composer so we don't uh, we don't have a sing with us as often as i would like um but she has written this piece called into the wreck and this is really uh, it's a collection of poems by emily dickens and and other writings that sort of have uh, relevance to it and th there's some fascinating stuff in there there's japanese ancient greek swedish it's all about diving into a wreck and how you are submersed and you're in this you're in this other world where you're kind of floating and you're buoyant and and the strange physical uh, sensations and and what that does to your mind and i thought it was a fascinating choice really from from josephine after we've been in this limbo for the last 18 months with the pandemic um we have a narrator so the actress juliet stevenson is with us and she's wonderful and when we first rehearsed this i i was so mesmerized by it that I, I sort of you know by the music and then by Juliet uh, doing these wonderful readings I, I I completely lost where I was um in the score and was sort of oh sorry I'm, I'm meant to be doing something um <laughs> and it, and it's it's kind of otherworldly so it's it's brilliant um whilst physically it doesn't take the choir into a, a you know another part of the building musically and emotionally uh, it, it it does it's it's an extraordinary piece. It's uh, absolutely wonderful. Well, I'm sure our listeners who are going along to the concert are going to absolutely love it. And 
those that aren't able to make it uh, i'm sure they've enjoyed listening to this and of course tenebrae there's a lot out there if people want to hear more nigel thanks so much for speaking to us today and thanks for being a part of the city of Derry international choir festival 2021 thank you my pleasure can't wait to come and see you all <laughs>